Good morning. For those of you who are visiting with us, we have two parts to our service. Um, am I on? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> um, we have two parts to our service. Um, we have uh, this time when we share in fellowship and in um, singing and praise um, and have our uh, family time um, with the children. And uh, then we take a break and um, enjoy some goodies together. And then we come back together for the message. Now, I expect many of you were expecting Bryce to be here today, and so was I. Uh, um, But Bryce has had a really rough week, and uh, he's with his family in Fresno, and um, there's just been a lot of stuff going on in their family. So um, as you think of them, uh, if you would just pray that they would have um, joy and peace um, during this holiday time, that would be much appreciated. What is the most unusual wrapping that you have used for Christmas presents? (laughs) Newspaper? Bacon? Okay, that 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 tops mine. That that I'd have to see. Now we had um, when our kids were really young, we bought a roll of butcher paper, not wrapping paper, butcher paper. And we just rolled the butcher paper down the hall and gave the kids paint and said, paint the wrapping paper. And so they painted the paper and there was nothing specific on the paper, but the paper was colored. And we used that wrapping paper that year for all of our presents. Now, we are known to have used newspaper, but we wanted colors, So we used the funnies. So we collected the funnies for weeks and used that. Our key scripture this morning um, is about a different kind of wrapping. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Um, I was interested to discover in, in putting this together that the Japanese have an interesting practice for wrapping presents. It's called furoshiki. And it means that they wrap their presents in cloth. And it's a very, very formal process, as you can imagine, the Japanese do. And they fold it in cloth. And the matter of fact, I tried to find a picture this morning of unwrapped furoshiki. But apparently nobody's interested in what's inside the furoshiki. It's so pretty itself that they're only interested in the wrapping. Because it's wrapped in cloth and they can reuse it. Um, So this morning as in the message, I just want you to think about Jesus was wrapped in furoshiki. He he was wrapped in cloths. And what I want you to think about as uh, you go through the rest of the first half of the service and we and we think about um, the message today. How else was Jesus wrapped up and why? The uh, children are dismissed to their classes and uh, the slide has all the details up there and the Thank you to everyone who's helping out watching children this morning. Um, 
that's especially important on holiday Sundays. Well, the first thing I want to do this morning is uh, give uh, credit to the source of many of the ideas that are in this message this morning. Um, the, the message is called My Swaddled Savior, and it was originally put together by uh, a pastor named Jeff Peabody, and he's the pastor of New Day Church in Tacoma, Tacoma Washington. And uh, we actually contacted him and got his permission to use this stuff, and um, we're very grateful for that because he's got some interesting perspectives. I'm going to start this morning reading from Luke 2. Um, starting in verse 1, and you've had one version of it already, uh, but uh, uh, we're going to read it again. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. God wrapped Jesus up at birth. Now, the process of swaddling, which there, now, we, now we have all this information so we can get into debates about whether swaddling is beneficial or not, um, But swaddling was basically wrapping the child up in strips of cloth so the the child was wrapped tight and the intent was to help the child feel secure and and now we we want all of this freedom, all of this liberty, so we don't want to wrap children up and yet um, one of the things I read said that wrapping children up like in swaddling clothes um, actually reduces the incidence of... um, Sudden infant death syndrome. Um, So having that security, that wrapping, um, appears to be a a good thing. It provides security for the child. And it was also at that time a sign of a loving and caring family. So for the shepherds, and think about this, because Jesus often talked about all you want is a sign. All you want is a sign. All you want is a sign. Well, the story of Jesus begins with God saying, here's a sign. Here's a sign for you. You will find Jesus wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Not just Jesus. You will find the Messiah. You will find your coming king wrapped in cloths. That would be expected. 
because someone who is well cared for and loved would be wrapped in cloths. Oh, but you will find this child wrapped in cloths in a manger. That's not expected. That's not where you expect to find the king of the universe at his birth. What you would expect if you heard manger was you would expect to find an unwanted child. And Israel was familiar with the description of an unwanted child. Um, from Ezekiel 16, um, verses 4 and 5. On the day you were born, your cord was not cut, nor were you washed with water to make you clean, nor were you rubbed with salt or wrapped in cloths. No one looked on you with pity or had compassion enough to do any of these things for you. Rather, you were thrown out into the open field, for on the day you were born, you were despised. That's where Israel had been. And the Messiah was coming to change that whole picture. And so Jesus was clearly not despised. He was deeply loved by God and he was deeply loved by his earthly parents. And yet God wrapped him up because he loved him and he loves us. Now, I had a strange thought this week and I... I read, read one of these verses as I was going to bed at night and I thought, I was thinking of the awesomeness of God and it's, it's, it's just hard to imagine just when you think of the size of the universe and how big it is and think of God, he's either just other or he's really big. And yet, when Jesus was conceived... There was a period of time when Jesus existed as a few cells inside of Mary. No thought, no communication. From the infinite universe to something so small that it's hardly noticeable. Can you imagine making that journey? It would be about like trying, trying to have, well, it would be even greater than having one of us try to climb into one of those presents that Randy and Debbie handed out this morning. We don't fit. We wouldn't fit in the box. And yet Jesus was willing to come and be wrapped up and God wrapped him up for us. God wrapped Jesus in humanity. In Philippians 2, 6 through 8, who being very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. God left an infinite existence and entered into this limited existence. And as you think about the birth of Christ, as we celebrate Christmas, this is a really important thing for us to remember. 
Because we think of God as awesome and boundless, all those omni-words, omnipresent, omniscient, omnipowerful, and without limits. And yet Jesus comes and takes on limits that we very well understand, but also that he understands. Jesus understands our limits because he's been there. He's been wrapped up. He put on flesh and bones and experienced those limits that sometimes we can't even imagine. We certainly can't imagine the limits from Jesus' perspective. The universe closed in and he was restricted in time and space. Never had that before. But he had it now. And whatever has you bound up, Jesus understands. Jesus understands your anxiety and stress. Bryce talked a lot about that last week when we talked about, last week or the week before last, when we talked about the prayer in the garden. Jesus understands your financial difficulties. He was a homeless man. And he worked at a working class profession, which meant in his time he would have been poor all of his life. Now, the next one may be a little bit hard, um, but he understands your health issues. I was thinking about this as I'm getting older and everything hurts. Jesus had a real body. And it must have hurt to sleep on the ground. And there were times I'm sure he was hungry. All those things that he never experienced before. So those limitations that we experience and feel. And as he saw people who were sick, I'm sure there was some empathy there because he felt pain too. As he walked this earth. And he certainly understands sin in a broken world. Simple truth is, God's gift to us, God's gift to me, Jesus wrapped up in swaddling clothes, gives me hope. It gives me hope that the boundless God understands the boundaries that I deal with, the limits that I deal with. And he understands that and this concept of God with us takes on a whole new picture because he was with us and he did encounter all of the limits that we face and it helps things become clearer in terms of who God is. God wrapped Jesus up one more time. God wrapped Jesus up after the crucifixion from John 19, 38 through 42. Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now, Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jewish leaders. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. 
Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices in strips of linen. This was in accordance with the Jewish burial customs. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. Because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. Why is it so significant that Jesus was wrapped up? The 75 pounds of spices put on all that cloth and wrapped around them basically created the equivalent of a mummy. And if you weren't dead before you were wrapped up, you would be dead shortly after you were wrapped up. You didn't wrap up live bodies that way. And we know we need to know that Jesus actually died. And he died, and we know he died, because he was wrapped up and put in that tomb. It was also a sign that just as his birth, someone cared. Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus totally went against the establishment that they were a part of. They went against Jewish custom They went against everything you can imagine to get permission from the Romans to take a crucified body down off the cross and then treat this person as if he was a wealthy man deserving of the highest honor in his burial. They cared. And they took care of Jesus. God wrapped Jesus so he could unwrap us. We were wrapped in sin and Jesus died so that we can be unwrapped. Virgil talked about that a little bit at communion this morning. We have all these things going on. We have... um, A lot of terrible things going on in the world. But the most difficult thing we struggle at all is the sin that we get ourselves wrapped up in. And we can just get bound up in it so that we almost can't move. And yet, God wraps up Jesus so that he can take those wrappings that bind us up, whatever they happen to be, and he can unwrap us. So as you think about this, what has you wrapped up this Christmas? What's creating anxiousness? What's keeping you from doing what God wants you to actually do? We've been praying over the last several months, a couple of prayers. What does God want to change in us? What does God need to unwrap What do we need to let God unwrap so that we can be the people that God wants us to be? What does God want us to unwrap or what does he want to unwrap around us as a church that would make us the church he wants us to be? What are the wrappings that are keeping us bound up? 
That's one of the critical things that we're going to look at at the um, prayer meeting and dinner that's on the 27th. We really want to explore those things and pray more deeply about them. But fundamentally remember as you come to Christmas morning that Jesus wants to unwrap you. Well, we've had lots of wrapping, but we don't leave those packages under the Christmas tree. They're nice to look at. Debbie's was prettier than mine. But I do have a wrapped package. We'll get to that in a minute. But God unwrapped Jesus at the resurrection. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter. Peter must have been like me. And reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. Yes, Jesus had been wrapped up one final time, but this time the claws couldn't hold him. This time the claws were left behind. And Jesus is gone. And it may or may not be proper theology, but I believe that at this point in time, Jesus was alive and Jesus was free. No more limits. No more boundaries. He had become what he desires for us to become. An eternal being unbound. Jesus came so that you could be unwrapped. So that you could be all that God created you to be. And that's still really good news. It's the best news for all the people. Now, I want to do one last thing. I don't know if we have any children in here. Oh, we do have children in here. Is there a child who would like to unwrap a present? You would like to unwrap a present? Okay, Kathy likes unwrapping presents. Uh, you can absolutely keep it. Yes. Do you want me to unwrap it? I want you to unwrap it. Okay. And I didn't wrap it. Shirley wrapped it, or it would look terrible. I don't want to rip the paper. Well, that's, I was thinking of having a guy do it because the guy would rip the paper. Oops. Oh. Oh. Now if I can remember how to get it open. Open it up. Let's see what's inside. 
It's empty. <laughs> it's empty. Now, here's my suggestion for you. The tomb is empty. Jesus isn't wrapped up anymore. He's gone. I would just, just a suggestion. I'm sure that there's a number of Amazon Prime boxes around the house somewhere. (laughs) And some of them are probably empty. I would just really encourage you to find an empty box and wrap it up and put it under the Christmas tree. You can make it a family present. You can make it whatever you want. But I would just suggest that it would give you an opportunity when the box gets unwrapped to talk about what was in the box. Who was wrapped up but isn't wrapped up anymore. God unwrapped Jesus so he could unwrap us. God is unwrapped, which means God's out of the box. Whatever box you've put God in, he's not there. He's out of the box. Now, the more challenging thing to think about is God wants each one of us out of the boxes that we put ourselves in. And I don't know what box you're in, but my guess is every one of you has a box. And you feel really, really comfortable in that box. And it may be big or small, and it may be soft or hard or whatever, but it's still a box. It puts some boundaries around you, some limits, some places that you're not willing to go. And God wants each one of us to get out of the box. That's why he wrapped Jesus up so that he could unwrap us and get us out of the box. Let's close in prayer. Father, um, we thank you for the amazing idea of coming to earth as a baby, of being wrapped up being wrapped up in flesh and blood, being wrapped up in the, after the crucifixion. And Father, we are so grateful that as we celebrate your coming, we can also celebrate your living, your resurrection. And Father, um, just pray that uh, the joy and the peace and the celebration that we experience as your children Uh, would just come out and spread over everyone we encounter this week. Thank you for coming, and thank you for living. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have any needs for prayer or encouragement, or you want to know this Savior, um, this Jesus, that is a gift to us, um, come forward as we stand and sing.